Petersfield's Shine Radio. Shine Radio's Growing Together with Claire Venice and Steve Amos is supported by Alitex. Modern Victorian glass houses made in South Harting. Hi, and welcome to Growing Together, the gardening programme from Peaceville Shine Radio. You join me, Steve Amos, alone in my greenhouse, left to my own devices as Claire has made her way down to Bewley for the BBC Gardener's World Spring Fair. And hopefully she can bring you some interesting chats and interviews from her day out in Bewley. Anyway, back to my dahlias and more about that next time. I've come to the BBC Gardener's World Spring Fair at Bewley and I'm here with Kevin Smith, who is editor of the Gardener's World magazine. Hello, Kevin. Hi, lovely to see you. Really lovely to meet you. Thanks so much for taking time. It's a pleasure. The pleasure is all mine. So is this the first time you've been to the fair here? No, this is my third time. So uh, this is our third year here at Bewley and I was here for the first one and um, it's just getting bigger and better every year. It's just amazing. It's such a beautiful place to be. It's so picturesque and what's not to like? It's just lovely. Well, it is really nice, actually. We're here on the first morning. Things are just getting going. We're sat right next to this Gardener's World magazine stage, aren't we? It's looking beautiful. The magazine, obviously, is a huge part of this fair. And the theme this year is Plot to Plate. Can you elaborate on that a bit more about why the theme is that this year? Yeah, well, I think that anybody that has ever grown some fruit and veg and grown something themselves and then eaten it, they know that nothing beats it. You cannot beat growing and eating your own food. Um, It just tastes so much better than anything you'll ever buy in a shop. And I think what we're trying to explain to people is it's actually really easy. There are many crops that are really, really easy to grow. You don't need to be a hugely experienced gardener. There are many that are very quick as well. So, you know, if you haven't started anything this year, you know, well, it's not too late. There's still plenty of things that you can sow and plant to be enjoying a really delicious and tasty harvest um, by the summer. Yeah, actually, it is prime growing season now, isn't it? So Certainly it's a is, good yeah. Time to grow your seeds. What would you recommend that people could grow that's that's quick and easy? Well. Um, for quick and easy I don't think you can beat salad leaves so if you've got doesn't matter how much space you've got if you've got a little bit of compost and a container um, sow a few salad leaves on there and you'll be picking those within within weeks and then you know you can get varieties that are cut and come again so that you can just be snipping at them for for as long as you really like as long as the plant will go for and then I say you can't beat tomatoes can you they're my absolute favourite and go to and it's now is the perfect time you'll be able to pick up plants at your local nursery or garden centre or it's probably not too late to sow a few seeds as well so tomatoes are my absolute go-to so salads and tomatoes there we are brilliant great <laughs> advice well nothing quite like the smell of a tomato no, is there fresh no there there isn't and um you know i talked about the flavor and taste of homegrown things and for me the taste and flavor of a homegrown tomato is just perfection itself you know those summer dishes that you get you know the lovely tomato salads and gorgeous things where you know the tomatoes are warm and you've got the sweetness it's just a different ball game entirely to to a supermarket tomato yeah so are you finding that people are talking to you more about the plot to plate about growing your own this year in the magazine yes yes absolutely i mean we have a really active post bag or you know email inbox and people are getting in touch all the time they're sharing with us what they're growing and what we're really finding is that 
grow your own and plot to play is something that is really captivating families. You know, if people are beginning to, to garden with their children, what we're finding is something edible is usually their start point. So we're really engaging with our Gardener's World audience and they're loving it and we're talking to them about it all the time. Well, that's good. It's important, yeah. isn't it? What other topics are hot at the moment? Well, um, funnily enough, um, saving money is very hot. So uh, this year in the magazine, we're running a, a campaign called The Thrifty Grower and it's all about how you can uh, make your gardening pounds go a bit further. So whether that be um, learning how to take cuttings or divide plants to get more plants for free or where to find bargains or how to upcycle or recycle things in your garden so we're doing lots on that and we're finding that our readers and our website users are really engaging with that they're sharing lots with us about what they're doing to, to save money and to upcycle and to recycle and I think the other thing that is never going to go away is just being a green gardener and by that I mean you know sustainable and as environment friendly as you can thinking about using peat-free compost as much as you can so everything to, to make you as a sustainable gardener as possible is also something that we championed it last year in a campaign called Growing Greener, but it's become a complete constant for us and we know that our readers are passionate about it too. It's interesting, isn't it, how the gardening world is changing and how we're all as gardeners changing with it, particularly with regards to climate change and sustainability. It's good to know that everyone's kind of yeah, in the same place. Absolutely. And, you know, you talk about the climate and weather. I know they are two different things, but I think we are going to, as a, a nation of gardeners, perhaps change the way that we garden a little bit. We are perhaps going to have to change and alter the plants that we grow. Last summer was quite something, wasn't it? The heat and the drought that many areas of our country experienced last summer that was extremely challenging and then we've had cold this winter like we've never really experienced before for many many years so that's becoming challenging if you're a gardener but we're resilient aren't we, <laughs> <laughs> we are. and plants want to grow so we'll make it work but yeah I think we're gonna have to do things a bit differently perhaps yeah but yeah. it's great to get advice from people like yourselves and come to fairs like this because you do feel very inspired as a result of it. So thanks so much, Kevin. It's Lovely a pleasure. To talk to pleasure. Well, I'm at the BBC Gardener's World Spring Fair in Bewley and I'm sat with the lovely Frances Tophill. Hello, Frances. Hello. Very nice to see you again. Yeah, a whole year's gone by. It's incredible. <laughs> Another gardening year has gone by. I just wanted to say how lovely it was to see you hosting Gardener's World recently. How was that for you? Thank you for saying that. Um, <laughs> it was terrifying and extremely honouring in equal measure, I'd say. I mean, I've, I've done it before with Arit and with Nick um, in tandem, but I, I believe I'm right in saying I'm the first ever solo female, which is quite an amazing honour, really. So yeah, yeah, pretty proud and also terrified. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. It was really enjoyable, actually. And so nice to find out a bit about you and your gardening background. Yeah. That was so lovely to see. Yeah. And that you now, of course, have your own small little garden as well as your allotment space. Yeah, yeah. I, I kept saying this on the programme. I was like, oh, it's really small. And actually, I was thinking about it. For me, it's actually quite a decent size. 10 by 9 metres is pretty good, you know, much bigger than my allotment. And um, a bigger space, you know, if ever I've rented before, it's always been really small little courtyard. So actually, it's, it's, a, it's a good size space to work with. But it is a normal size space. It's, it's, a, it's a small garden by comparison to a lot of other people so yeah I'm, I'm really excited to see it 
progress. How are you going to work out the two spaces then, the allotment space and the home space? Are they going to potentially merge a little bit or are you going to keep them separate in regards to what you grow there? Um, there will always be some merging because I love growing edibles and I also feel that they are very underrated as an ornamental. You know, a lot of edibles are really stunning and somehow just because you can eat them they get overlooked. So there will be emerging um what i'm really really interested in is herbs and useful plants in that sense and on the allotment i do grow some herbs but there'll probably be more medical herbs things like elecampane and echinacea and stuff like that which would feel like a little bit of a waste of space to grow them on an allotment so there'll be probably more of that in the garden but I'm, I, i've got kind of plans for a, an edible meadow kind of prairie thing um, because one of the main problems i have is the size of it but also how overlooked the, the fences are very low and it's lovely because I get on really well with my neighbours but I kind of want to merge that background so if I, I I'm kind of thinking if I go from short grass to taller grasses at the edge as a boundary you won't see the boundary so it could be somewhere bigger that's my that's my plan that's my design Actually, currently. It, was, it was interesting hearing you say about merging the grass because that's something that I think I want to do that in my garden have a lawn and then you have the, the beds yeah and there's a lot of talk and obviously we're coming into may no mo may about letting your lawn grow a little bit longer and last year i did that and i let it stay like that pretty mm -hmm. much all the way throughout until it needed cutting down later in the summer yeah but to merge it so that it looks nice yeah i mean i i've always struggled my training is sort of very formal and lots of historic gardening the salutation gardens and then edinburgh botanics and the the tradition is to have grass then edged, then bed. Yeah. And this idea was always sold to me as like, if you want it to look natural, then create a wavy edge. And it's like, no, that does not look natural. It looks just as unnatural as a straight one. And so I have a bit of an issue with it. And I want to experiment with, with that emergence of not having an edge at all. But there is obviously an awareness that things like cooch grass will stray into the beds and you'll have to keep on top of that weeding. But I just want to try and play with that boundary and, and make it actually natural and not just a natural looking but very cut formal edge that I was trained to do so yeah it's an experiment I'm sure it'll actually probably be more maintenance than just edging it <laughs> <laughs> but I imagine the wildlife will like it more <laughs> yeah yeah and it will look better that's and in a small space you know hate to say it but it's all about aesthetic isn't it you've you got to sit out there and not be looking around going oh god that's awful you know so actually Having something that looks really neat and, and, like I said, blurry just will hopefully be a little bit of a haven. Lovely. I can see the sun shining on it now. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> now, here at the fair, the theme this year is plot to plate, about growing your own. There's been a lot in the news recently about food poverty and people are probably thinking about growing their own. That, that's something that's quite close to your heart as well. Yeah, massively. I mean, I, at the moment, I'm working as a grower um, in a market garden as my day job. So growing food is just something I feel very passionate about. And have always had allotments and as I said I've always grown edibles in amongst I remember my first ever screen test when I started on Love Your Garden when I was 23 I had to bring a little project to do and all I brought was a strawberry that I bought from Wilco <laughs> <laughs> and I stuck it in a flower bed and I said I really like growing edibles in amongst ornamentals and that was it <laughs> so I've always had this obviously it's a long a long-term thing and I just think the ability to grow your own health 
really is so important you know it's really empowering I, th I think a lot of people over centuries have been disempowered to grow you know even in the old days Gertrude Jekyll would she invented the cottage garden and that was based on peasant gardens around the Surrey landscape of the the poorest people in society that had their little cottage with a plot that was solely turned over to food production you know in, in the second world war we had dig for victory and everyone was given a, a space to grow on um, we don't have that now. So few people have access to land that they can grow on and it, that's something I feel is really an injustice actually um, because it's all well and good to tell people to grow their own food for helping with their food poverty but how do people do that unless they have a bit of space to do that on? Um, I do think it's really important and I do think it's really empowering for people and I also think food tastes a lot better when you've grown it yourself. It also doesn't come in a plastic bag, you know, it also hasn't come halfway across the world so for so many reasons it's a great thing to be able to produce your own food and I think we really need to start thinking about how we can put the infrastructure in place for people to, to do that. Important point because I think a lot of people did go back to gardening or discover gardening during lockdown mm. and I know allotment spaces were really sought after. How do you propose that, that we could find more land to help people who would like to grow? Well I think there is a lot of land. I, I, I suppose re Redesignating the use of land is a really important thing. I, I'm a firm believer in community gardening. I've done a lot of work in community gardens over my time as a gardener. And empowering people is partly about connecting people because collectively we have a lot more feeling of power and voice if we use it than just on our own in our little sound bubble that we can all feel that we're in and I think in Covid that was also really highlighted that there were people who were incredibly isolated but then a lot of people who created little communal spaces and alleyways behind their houses and were able to sit socially distanced and connect with their neighbours in a way that they hadn't before and I think using public land like parks guerrilla gardening you know there are lots of spaces around our towns and cities um, that are not used road verges even you know there's a lot of talk about you know letting road verges be wildflower which I firmly believe is is right but also there are spaces on there that could be safely turned into little growing plots for not necessarily individuals but for communities to work on together and I think if you empower people to to grow and to take some ownership over a bit of public land my very idealistic view is that people will step up to that and maintain it and feel a pride in it rather than just having bits of of grass which you know are great for football matches and stuff like that for kids and I think they should stay but there are huge amounts of space and we could rethink them and use them for for growing. Absolutely great idea and let's hope that does happen. Yeah. Francis you're here to give a couple of talks what talks are you doing here at the, the fair? Um, thrifty gardening so how to how to grow without spending loads of money uh, lots of recycling growing from seed buying bargain plants but also food growing. Brilliant it's been very interesting talking to you, Francis. feel very inspired now to, to start <laughs> campaigning for more growing spaces. Thank you very much for talking to me again. Have a great day here. And you. Thank you. There are three college gardens here at the BBC Gardeners World Spring Fair and I'm here with Chris Bird from Sparshot College. Hello, Chris. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Well, gorgeous gardens here that you have. You have two gardens here. We do, yes, that's right. These are, have been built and designed by our Garden Design Advanced course. So there's nine students in the cohort and we hold it as a competition. And in fact, the quality of designs was so good that I allowed two 
of them to go forward and then all the students have been working on each design but it is fascinating with the students to start with the same starting point which we're actually supporting Maggie's cancer charity and their centre in Southampton and so we visited the centre learned about the work of the charity and then the designers go away and they come up with these fantastic designs but they're just so different and so we got the wave here or Maggie's wave which is about the Taoist philosophy as Maggie uh, she wrote a book on uh, Chinese gardens and was very into uh, Chinese spiritualism uh, but it also echoes the cancer journey so we've got a dark um, blue area for diagnosis and then a pale uh, reflective zone in the middle with a water feature and then finally the third zone which is uh, a varietous blaze of colour in the Maggie's colours of orange, yellow, purples and that sort of thing. By contrast, the other garden is Maggie's Sanctuary and that is based on the architecture of both the gardens and the building in Southampton, which in turn is based on the new forest. So very much more earthy tones, spring flora um, and items from the new forest. So it has got um, a backbone of pines and evergreens, but very, very substantial and very solid um, timber constructions all the timber is from pallet wood so it's all recycled and reused and uh, we have the maggie symbol actually been expanded in size but very very effective on both gardens how long do the students have to come up with their designs um, we run it so they had a six-week period of, of design and thinking about it and then we had a presentation period back in november uh, last year. Oh, so quite a lot of time. Yeah, quite a lot of time to develop it yeah. because then we, uh, you know, they come up with a, with a concept and an idea and then we sort it out so we're going to go progress to two gardens and then we have to come up with the materials and the plants and expand the planting list. So a lot of the time they come up with a sort of colour palette with a couple of plants and then they spend the time, you know, finding the plants and things. So we have been again supported by Hilliers uh, in some of our planting, but also the students have actually been growing their own plants as well. Oh, have they? That's interesting. Yes, well, that's another aspect of it. So then uh, you can control the timing and the quality uh, of the plants and then select out exactly the plants you want for your design to come alive. Great experience to have. Is this the first time that some of the students have designed a garden and seen it come to, to life? That's right, yeah. The majority of the group uh, is their first experience. We have two students uh, who actually were also here last year, so that's quite nice. Uh, so they moved into sort of more supervisory role as well but it builds on their experience and builds on their portfolio one of the other students who this is their first two gardens uh, she's had a garden accepted for bbc gardeners world birmingham this year as well so that's yeah. fantastic are you finding that the students are designing gardens in a different way are there more uh, things that are more important to them now than maybe would have been important 10 15 years ago um, I think the emphasis, uh, a number of subjects have come to the fore. So um, equally, things like the sustainability and the ecological use of materials. That's the thing. So it's very much about you know the reuse, recycle agenda. That's always been in the background, but it's just come full, uh, you know, full circle and come into sharp focus. Um, I think the other interesting thing is regionality. So it's very much with the weather patterns becoming more and more. 
um, spasmodic. Uh, a lot of people are now using native planting uh, and very much more robust planting. So one of the watchwords for the future is resilient planting. Um, uh, we've got to be very careful we don't move too far into a drought uh, situation if we cast our minds back to 2022 we had drought and then we had monsoon so this is the thing we can't move our planting too far one way or in one direction. Mm. That's very interesting to hear and how are the gardens being received here at the fair? Uh, very, very positively, yes, that's right. We've uh, got a number of uh, Maggie's volunteers assisting us as well and it's really nice to uh, expose the public to the work of the charity and the work of the college um, and also then giving the students the opportunity to interact in a public forum. So, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, and also the rain stops. Yes. Uh, that's good. <laughs> Hopefully the sun will come out. Chris, that's it's been true. lovely to talk to you. Find out a bit more about what you do at Sparshold. Thank you very much and thank enjoy you. the fair. Thank you very much. I'm now joined by Sophie from the charity Maggie's Cancer Care and also by Vicky, who is a student at Sparshalt College. So first of all, Sophie, can you tell us a little bit more about the charity, please? Yes, so Maggie's is a cancer care charity. Uh, we started in Scotland, Edinburgh specifically, in 1996. And... All of the centres are based at major cancer units and we're the only one on the south coast at the moment and Maggie Southampton has been open since 2020. And what does it mean for the charity to have exposure here at the, the Spring Fair? Well, it means a lot because there's a lot of connections with Maggie's and gardening. So Maggie herself was a keen gardener. So it was uh, part of the first brief of the centre that every centre had its own garden somewhere for people to escape. So it was sort of a perfect opportunity to come back for the third year at BBC Gardeners World and to have both garden escapes here presented and a lot of people who come here may have someone who they know with cancer or who has been through cancer themselves so yeah it just means a lot to be out in the public and to have a different audience and for them to get to know Maggie's a bit more so whether they're from Southampton or not they'll be able to find out if there's a cancer centre near them. And will the gardens then go to Maggie's in, in Southampton? Uh, so that is up to the Sparshot students with what they do with these gardens so a lot of the plants in the sanctuary are already in our gardens our gardener herself does all of that throughout the year she maintains it for us and she does a brilliant job I think some of the students themselves grew a lot of the plants so they'll probably want to take them home or give them back to clients if they borrowed them okay. for the show <laughs> well swiftly moving on <laughs> nicely segued to talk to Vicky hi Vicky you're a student at Spellshot what are you studying? I'm studying um, garden design, um, I'm in my second year on the advanced garden design course and also um, horticulture as well. Okay, so are you enjoying the course? I've loved it. I mean, like all things, when you're studying hard and you're pushing yourself hard, there are some highs and some lows, absolutely. But I love the course. Um, the facilities at Spa Shop are brilliant. And I've been there for a couple of years now, so I've made so many good friends, um, including all the people we've worked together to design and implement these gardens. And the teamwork's just been fantastic. And we've all got something we're stronger or weaker at, and we've been able to maximise that and really learn from each other's experience, which has been just the richest experience you could have in terms of education. And did you design one of the gardens here? I inputted the design of Maggie's Wave. We've all worked together, so we have a lead designer on each garden, um, but everyone has designed an aspect of the gardens. 
And is it garden design you're looking to go into? Is that the area you're interested in? Yes, yeah, so I'm very interested in garden design. Um, for me, I'm actually a career changer, so I've been interested for a long time and finally decided to take the plunge. Um, plus the fact I can't redesign my own garden any more times because my family will kill me. <laughs> so this, is, this for me was a big move. I've loved every moment of it. I'm currently privately working on a couple of gardens. I'm also um, designing and implementing a garden at BBC Gardeners Wildlife at the NEC in a few weeks with the Wildlife Trust hopefully showing people how they can make their garden more friendly to wildlife in an urban setting. Congratulations, that's an amazing thing, well done. So that's an area that's that's interesting to you as well then, gardens for wildlife. Absolutely, Um, I think, I I don't think you'd find many designers now or certainly designers coming into the profession who don't have some care or a lot of care for wildlife and also we're very focused as a profession on our impact in terms of climate change, we want to try and minimise the impact when we're building gardens, we want to get more greens or pink or yellow or red or whatever whatever colour you want but nice green surfaces out there that um, help us cool the environment it's far nicer for human beings to be in as well and personally I find that having wildlife and other creatures in my garden brings such an added dimension it brings movement it brings colour it brings noise birdsong is the loveliest thing to wake up to finding a little pair of hedgehog eyes peeking you through a border one day is the loveliest moment I will take for myself from last summer so you know it it makes the garden come alive having wildlife in it and we've got to do everything we can quite frankly it's also it's about our resilience as a human race we really need to look after wildlife because it's looking after us Vicky lovely to talk to you thank you very much for telling us more about the gardens and good luck in Birmingham the music is playing It's been a lovely day here at the BBC Gardeners World Spring Fair in Bewley. Lots of wonderful gardening inspiration and really lovely meeting some of the garden community at the fair today. Thanks very much to everyone I spoke to and here's to coming back again next year. That sounds like a fantastic day out you've had down in Bewley, Claire. I've been very busy in the greenhouse and look forward to talking to you all about that in the coming weeks. Happy gardening. Growing Together is new twice a month and supported by Alitex, modern Victorian glass houses made in South Harting. Get the latest editions of Growing Together at any time at shineradio.uk. Claire Venice. Join me for Shine Radio's local election questions. I'd like to know what they can do to make the centre of Petersfield easier for people to get in and out of. Candidates from all the main parties face questions from Shine Radio listeners in front of a live studio audience. What are they doing about housing and climate change? Local election questions. Listen anytime at shineradio.uk. Hear local coverage of the district and parish elections with debate and vital local information on Petersfield's Shine Radio.